Hey, 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 guys, it is Allison. I am the host of your show, Allison Answers Mission Awake. I cannot wait to sit down with you today and go over how we are going to crush the mediocrity in your life that has been plaguing our society since the beginning of time. I cannot wait to have a real deal conversation that includes intelligence, fun, excitement, and real actionable steps to make a real difference in the life that you're living now and making it into something you can be damn proud of and excited to live. Sit down, put on your damn seatbelt, and get ready for the ride of your life. How are you today? My guest today is a really cool person. I haven't up until now, had another psychotherapist come on, except for the people that have worked for me. So I'm going to tell you a little bit, a brief synopsis about Tanya Cole Lesnick. She uh, is, and I'm going to read you her bio, so you can have a little bit of an understanding about what you're about to experience. So Tanya Cole Lesnick has been a psychotherapist and social worker and coach since 1995. She received her master's degree in social work from New York University after group therapy changed her life, which is really cool. I believe in group therapy. She has extensive experience in outpatient hospital mental health, private practice, and wellness center settings. From those experiences over the years, she has identified her most important focus, and that's helping people to live lives that light them up. Is that not my mission. Like if you are here and you want to light up your life, I am predicting that Tanya is going to help you and support you in getting there. So basically think about living a life that lights you up. She does this by helping clients to access and honor their truth. Love it to change the habits that don't serve them, and to heal faulty narratives so that they are living in alignment inside and out. Are we not about changing the inner voices, changing the feelings that we're addicted to, changing the thoughts that are on a loop that continue to control our outcomes and create a life that we don't want? So that is what Mission Awake is all about. And creating behaviors and thoughts and feelings and core beliefs, creating instead of reacting and making something out of our lives that we feel great about that light us up, like Tanya says. Um, So basically what she's doing is she's going to come in, she's going to talk to us about how her work revolves around intimate groups and that the sharing of the inner world, which is super important and being human together in a safe space is what she finds to be the most powerful. And uh, I, I, I would agree with that because there's something about connecting with other human beings that takes on a synergistic effect. And um, it's like a mastermind. We're going to learn um, the reason that a power, you know, what it is, the power that a group has in people's lives. We're also going to learn the importance of vulnerability and discomfort and how moving through those things can create a life that is a life that lights you up. She's also going to talk about how boundaries and how your needs and wants are really super important and you want to honor yourself in that way. And that to stop being good, you know, good enough for everyone else. The very, very important thing that I want you to understand about Tanya is that she's here to serve you. And if you just pull up your seat, you know, if you're able to, if you're not driving, you take some notes and see how this can apply to your life where you can begin to transform and align your thoughts, your feelings, your behaviors, and ultimately your outcomes to be aligned with where you really actually want to be and who you want to be. Isn't that what we're about? We're about creating the life we want. So let's dive in and see what Tanya has to say. Hey, 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 guys, how are you today? It is Allison from Allison Answers and Logger Counseling Services. I have the guest that I just explained to you. This is a woman who has had great experience personally and professionally with the human experience and the vulnerability of being a human on this earth. And the way that she packages together her words and her thoughts are really beautiful. 
and you're going to be able to experience a unique type of a thing as you listen to her. So what I do ask, as I mentioned in the um, the introduction, is that you just slow down and really listen in and apply this to yourself and the experiences that you're having around yourself, because that is where you will get the most value here. So I want to welcome you, Tanya. It's such a pleasure to have you and to meet you and get to know you. Uh, I'm just glad to see you here. Thank you, Allison. I'm so happy to be here and really excited to see how this conversation unfolds. That's what's so cool about, you know, a podcast. We have this opportunity to sit together and spend time together and really just learn and grow together. And um, usually it creates this like fast friendships because it's usually a deep and, and like a vulnerable time. And mm-hmm. I just love it. It's a gr- It's a great experience. So what I'd like to ask you is, could you explain to us how you ended up, you know, where you are today and what your mission is, what is important to you and what you want people to learn and grow in? Yeah. So I started my career as a graphic designer. And when I was in my mid-20s, I was really struggling to have a long-term love relationship, and I really didn't understand what was in the way for me. And at the time, I felt a lot of stigma connected to the idea of therapy and didn't really even see myself as a legitimate therapy client. So I didn't consider that initially as an option. But with a little time, I opened up to it and started to work. I got some names. I started to work with a therapist who I did feel instantly connected to and started to feel very safe and seen and was starting to tell a bit of my story. And she suggested that I add group therapy to the mix. And she did both. So she ran the individual sessions and also the therapy group. And the idea of it really terrified me. Uh, At the time, these people were strangers. So the thought of being this vulnerable with people who were strangers really did scare me. But I was building trust with her and she thought it would be helpful. And I was sort of intrigued. So I agreed to give it a try. And it you know, it wasn't always easy. There were definitely some challenging parts to being so vulnerable with other people, but it helped me see I wasn't alone. It helped me be on this journey where people who I really started to develop some admiration for and see as these amazing people had some similar struggles, some similar insecurities, And it helped me let go of what I went into that situation feeling, which was very flawed, and instead learn, oh, I'm human. It's not that I'm flawed. We've all got stuff, but I'm just human. And it helped me just feel more confident, safer in my own skin, all of that. And early on in that process, I did end up meeting who's now my husband. We just celebrated our 30th wedding anniversary in September. So why I went to therapy and then group therapy happened, but what I didn't anticipate was connecting to myself in this really deep, solid way and feeling just a better experience on the planet, more joy, uh, honoring myself more, all those things. And it led to me deciding to become a therapist and then coach and run groups of my own, offer individual sessions of my own, but ultimately wanting to help people have their own transformational experiences and realize for themselves as well how beautiful they are, that they're not flawed, that they're human, and and to really tap into their own sort of inner magic or whatever it is that they can start to connect to of themselves. I'll tell you, um, Tanya, (laughs) you have a beautiful way about you. And the way that you're describing this, it just reminds me of, I think about even my own walk in my life and becoming a therapist and, you know, all the shenanigans I do over here. But basically it 
it really is this this concept or this experience of connecting with other humans in this really honest way, which like allowing us to be who we are, like the truth is good enough, you know, mm. and I feel like the truth really is the pathway to all freedom. And, and when you're describing this, and you describe it so beautifully, like this inner magic, mm. and I think that we really have that. And, you know, we just don't know it. Yeah. And what I'm curious about with you is that you were describing um, this this transformation. And I really get that because I was hospitalized for an eating disorder in my 20s. You know, I've been in therapy forever my entire life and becoming a therapist. And really the number one thing that helped me very early on, very early on, even before being hospitalized, was being in 12-step programs. Because, you know, having a voice and the voice being heard, don't we all want to be seen and heard and understood? Yeah. And having those environments are just, inc- they're just incredible. So I just thank you for that. And I, you know, I, I, I don't think I've ever talked about that particular part, the group dynamic here on this podcast. And I'm, I appreciate it. So like, how would you tell someone here um, how to find their inner magic, how to, you know, allow themselves to be human and not see themselves as, you know, flawed. Yeah. What would you say? Or I think to allow what is to be number one. So that could be with yourself, if you're journaling and something comes up to not censor yourself, but just to let what is there to come up and look at it. I think if you are in a group situation, hopefully it's one that you feel safe enough to share some of the inside stuff. But again, to let whatever is in there to come up and to look at it. I think people tend to decide, oh, that's not good enough or censor themselves or not like what they see and get very judgmental about it. I think so many of it, we all can have such harsh inner critics and we can dismiss ourselves. And I think to not dismiss yourself and let yourself learn, well, what is coming up and why is that? And not go to this place of I'm flawed or I'm a terrible person or what's the matter with me? Because that is definitely something I hear from a lot of clients when they're talking with me about some of their inner stuff. What's the matter with me? I feel like is such a common one that people go to. And to not let that be your go-to and instead get curious and trust that you are an amazing human being. So what does that look like? What comes up for you? And to know we all have, um, you know, we've been conditioned in the families that we grew up in, in the cultures that we were, um, grew up in, and that there are things that need some healing for all of us, even if our parents did an amazing job, they're human too. So to know that some of that stuff that comes up needs some healing. So rather than judging it and pushing it away, to learn, oh, what is that about? What was that from? And get curious about some of that. You know, the the wording to get curious, I love because one of the things I will say to, you know, people, which you've probably heard in the circles is like to be a wise observer to, you know, listen without judgment, you know, Mm -hmm. I'll say like be awake and aware in the now without judgment, but committed to your own peace. So it's like, so as I'm observing these thoughts that are on a loop, they're the same thoughts I thought yesterday, 91% of them, right? So now to be able to create something new, right? To hear Mm -hmm. it and Mm -hmm. and create something new is, it's just incredible. I feel like we have so much power, even just in acceptance, right? Mm -hmm. So much power to create the life we want. Yeah. And what I would ask you also, you were saying about seeking, like you really wanted the love of your life. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. that there are people who are listening here, you know, you know, people of all ages who feel are, you know, dating or looking, you know, to find the person, right? Mm-hmm. And the and the answer that comes back when they don't find that person is what's wrong with me? Like, mm-hmm. right, what you're saying, like, totally. how am I flawed? How come I don't have, right? Yeah. So I would just be curious to hear 
your process internally mm-hmm. because it was transformed. I hear. Yeah. 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 I think it would help people to hear that because it is a, it is a big deal. I mean, people out there dating or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I, I think that process for me was I'm flawed. So therefore I must hide all the bad parts of myself. And by hiding all the bad parts of, or I'll put that in air quotes, by Mm -hmm. hiding all the parts of myself that I thought were not my most beautiful parts, I would show up in places where I might meet potential partners, kind of just muted down. I wasn't really out there and connecting, even if I appeared to be, there was some energetic piece of how I was showing up that wasn't there. And so in the group situation and there, I did both. I did individual and group together. So that process helped me learn about myself. But as I started to hear back from other people, things that resonated for them about what I was sharing helped me no, I'm not alone, feel less ashamed about certain human things, um, even start to develop some real confidence because people would be impacted by me in a positive way. And I would hear back about that. And so I would start to really see some of the stuff that I was struggling to see about how I show up that had my own sort of certain sparkle to it. And so what happened as as I continued to go out into the world and meet potential partners, something changed energetically for me. And I not only potential partners, but other people, friendships, other people just gravitated more towards me as I was connecting more to myself. And my confidence grew. You could see it in my body language. You could see it in the way that I was talking. And a very, I think, important switch in the way that I was thinking about meeting a potential partner was I used to feel like, oh, I hope they'll like me. I hope they'll choose me. As I got more clear about who I was and how I wanted to show up in the world, that changed to, huh, I wonder who I'm going to like. I wonder who I really am going to feel connected to and some resonance with. And so that change was huge. And I think it it really just changed the whole process for me. I remember right before I met my husband going on several dates around the same time and I remember thinking, hmm, no, I don't think so, you know, for for various reasons and then I met my husband and we had a very instant connection and then it kind of had a life of its own, but really going through that process and genuinely, not just I'm trying to be cool here, but genuinely deciding that person isn't for me. I want to keep going until I find somebody I feel connected to was a new way of going through that process for me. You know, Tanya, that's really, um, it's so beautiful because I, so many young women or, you know, women of all ages, uh, the the shift i i also needed to do that shift and i always tell women that that like when we're actually being aligned with ourselves and looking for the things that will align with that that you know a lot of we've been so preconditioned to think that that is selfishness no i'm going you know what do i want what do i like and i love the and i believe it i know you believe it is that when i am aligned with what i like and if I, if I turn you away, that's best for you. Mm, like it's yeah. not best for me to people please you and have you in my life just because you like me. Right. I used to fall in love with the fact that they loved me. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> just like, you like me. That's all I need. Yeah. That was the only criteria, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just love it. And so in regard to the whole, like, being aligned energetically and like connecting to yourself. Can you just speak more about that? Yeah. What I was thinking when you said that I was about to say, well, look at you, like you look like there's something energetic that shows up for you because you seem to 
do work in your zone of genius that you love and you've got a sparkle to you. And I think that there is something about when people are in alignment, look around, like when you notice that somebody is just connecting to something that has meaning to them, they're comfortable in their own skin, they're making choices, even if they're saying notice something or say, oh, I don't have the energy for that or whatever it is, when they fully know themselves and choose accordingly, there's something that's so, I think even to be near them feels grounding and solid because they're really honoring themselves in all the different ways. So I think people don't typically know themselves that well. And to really take that time and start to investigate your inner self to get clear about that, then you can choose better and make some decisions. I think sometimes people are so swept away with um, just how busy life gets and how many different layers there are and and that they don't come back to themselves enough and choose, and then they're depleted because a lot of the ways they're moving forward are not necessarily serving them because they haven't really checked in enough to learn who they are, what they want, what they need, and to make the decisions that are going to honor what they learn about themselves. I'm so thrilled to have you here. By the Thank way, you. I Thank am, you. Because oh, I just I'm feel so happy. I, just, I feel so aligned with you and everything you're saying. And I just think you have such I mean, I'm complimenting you because this is true. I mean, this is what I'm really mm-hmm. thinking as you're talking, because it's very this is the kind of stuff that um we're not usually hearing. And mm-hmm. we need we need to know this about ourselves. I I have thought in line with what you're saying, a lot of times I'll hear people and myself, I used to be like, oh, the real me showed up, you know, like the the negative part, you know, and Mm. I I would ask myself, hey, you know, when your best self shows up, you know, the Mm -hmm. highest part of you shows up, what is it like? And it's confident. It's, you know, I feel love Mm -hmm. and generosity toward you when I'm in my best self, right? Mm -hmm. But when I'm in my worst self, I feel jealous. I feel judgmental. I feel threatened. I feel irritable, whatever mm-hmm. those things are. Right. Mm-hmm. And to make that switch to say that actually isn't my real self. That actually is my survival skill. Mm-hmm. That's my, that's my frightened self. My real self is that sparkle, that yeah. joy part that just wants to just love people. And you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm just going to throw into this other thing, because I would love to hear what you have to say about it. I always felt like in a group situation, mm-hmm. that, and I was thinking it as you were saying it, that in a group, when you walk away from the group, and then you're living your life, and you have a whole week before you come back to your group, mm-hmm. I found something in the groundedness of knowing that they were like my underground thing. That they loved and accepted me and I loved and accepted myself in that space. So anything outside there didn't feel as scary or troublesome. Did yeah. you, is it similar to totally, you? Yeah. Totally. I feel like I want to respond to both. So do it, do the, it. The, Go. Yeah. yeah. So the first thing that you were talking about, like you're the sparkly, like true self and then the other survival self, it's all us. And I think just to not see it as good and bad, but just mm-hmm. to be compassionate. We all have times when we get dysregulated. We all have times when something can be triggering for us based on our nervous system, based on our history, whatever it might be. And to to be kind to ourselves, that's become a bit of a tagline for me. I know when I do some of these live Instagram things, I always end it with, remember to be kind to yourself because we're so nasty to ourselves sometimes. And to be compassionate as you're going through some difficult work is so important. And I'm saying difficult work, but it can just be a bad day. It doesn't have to be this big thing necessarily. Having thoughts or feelings that you don't feel great about. And and again, where that curiosity can be, huh, what's that about? As opposed to, oh, what's the matter with you? You know, why aren't you better than this? Why aren't you, you know, just to let yourself have all the layers. So that was just the first thing I wanted to respond to. And then the other thing about caring people with your, from your group kind of with you, 
Absolutely. There's something about that. And to be honest, the group that I was in initially that I transformed my life, and then I've been in other groups through my life, that was 30 over 30 years ago. I still think about some of that stuff sometimes when something comes up, because if there's something that connected to that time in my life that I know was a real pivotal time for me, it comes up again. So there is something about that that still stays with me to reassure me. I mean, it is such an honor really to be in this space with other people, developing similar types of relationships with each other. When I see each other, I don't want to cry just talking about it. When I see, when I see these people like having each other's backs in the way that they do reminding each other, like of their own transformations. It just happened last night in my group. One person who's been in this group with another person for a long period of time. So they really have been with each other through a lot. And then there were some other people there that were newer in the process. Being able to tell her, you are different. You have grown. You have transformed. And to be able to share that with each other is so beautiful. I mean, it's just, yeah. The, the power of it in, and the lasting nature of it and that you don't actually have to be with each other to be able to hold on to it is pretty amazing. You know, and it's like they're, they're witnessing you, you know, they're, you know, reflecting back to you what they're seeing, yeah. you know, which is so supportive and just so cool. And I think that even just the way our society is, is a lot of separation, right? Mm-hmm. And it also mm-hmm. shame separates, right? You know, mm-hmm. we think that we can't bring our vulnerability. And I know that's a big, that's a wheelhouse for you, the the yeah. concept of bringing that vulnerability. But yeah. that separates us. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It, it's interesting even, I mean, in my own process too, of being a therapist, I think there's a lot, you don't share certain parts of yourself as a therapist. And more recently, after I've done it for so many years, I'm saying, no, I, and I have always shared some of myself, but I have been pushing myself, maybe a lot of guesting on podcasts and things like that, where I'm telling a little bit more of my story. And even the documentary on my website yeah. about about, um, my experiences with group, it, it feels so important for me to keep pushing myself and allowing myself to stay vulnerable because it doesn't go away. We're still human. 100%. So yeah. 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 A- and to know that when people start to share some of those vulnerabilities with each other, what I always witness, I, I would say without a doubt, like in the group situations is other people offering support, sharing what resonates, feeling permission to share more of themselves. I recently went um, to Italy on a retreat with mostly women with this woman, Jennifer Pasolov, who wrote this book called On Being Human. And it's all very similar to what we're talking about. And to be in this group with a lot of different people, I definitely had a very vulnerable, more than one, but one in particular stands out vulnerable moment where I was sharing some wounded parts of myself and talking about it. And the eyes looking back at me, sort of the sparkling that I was able to receive from other people and other people sharing with me that by my sharing, and this wasn't just me, I mean, other people were doing it with each other as well. But as we shared with each other, it gave us all permission to do that. And how healing that is. So healing. I really, really hear that. And I, I remember forever ago, you know, I was I just had gotten out of the hospital, you know, from an eating disorder. And I went to, um, I went to a meeting, a 12 step meeting, and I go in and there's like, I don't know, there's like 30 people in there. I think it was like a, an Al-Anon meeting, I think. I go in there and I'm like, well, and I just totally unloaded like the the darkest shameful because I was so used to doing it, you know, in, in the in the hospital. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, you know, and then 
You know, that feeling when the throw up just hits you back in your face and mm. blah, blah. And I just started saying all this stuff. My point about saying this, this yeah. total vulnerability is that this wasn't even in a group for eating disorders. Yeah. Yeah. What happened was there was a woman there who had had an eating disorder for like 30 years. And she came up to me and she's like, I think you just changed my life. Wow. That woman ended up. I swear to you, her entire life changed. Wow. She got into like recovery from an eating disorder. We became friends. She actually became a pastor. This oh woman, God. her entire life changed. She goes, you sharing the truth. Yeah. And I do, uh, what you're saying, it unlocks, it gives people freedom. And mm -hmm. we're so closed. We're so afraid of what other people think. Right, mm -hmm. Tanya? Like we're yeah. so concerned. We're so programmed to be scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just love not doing that anymore. Right. <laughs> right. As much as I possibly can or not, because yeah. a lot of times I can't, you know? I mean, it's hard. Like it, it's yeah. very easy to go back to those protective measures. It is, it does feel scary. I'm thinking the word that Glennon Doyle uses is representative, that mm -hmm. our representatives go out there and sort of show up for ourselves. Yes, but yes. yeah, to, to really allow it to be our most truest selves is, is I think a practice that if, if we can all do it, I mean, that really would be for the world. I mean, people sometimes ask me, well, what would your hope be for the world? It would really be that yes. if that people could show up more authentically and share more of their truth, their inner worlds with each other. And I get it. It's not always safe to do that. I'm not saying just do it everywhere, but just a little bit more and a little bit truer and take a little bit more risk and yeah, and I just love the story that you told too, because we never know when something's going to hit us in this deep place that's going to lead to such a transformation or pivot in our lives. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, and then like, I feel like it's like a movement, you know, it's like we're starting a movement, Tanya. Yes. We're, we're, we're changing this, this planet. <laughs> but, you know, I think about just like, there's this little, and what you said about it being a practice, mm -hmm. these micro incremental shifts that we make create exponential results. Like I always say yeah. like that little, if you're building a mountain, that little scoop of dirt, the teaspoon mm -hmm. of dirt, the first one is, has the same uh, value as the one at the very top. You know, yeah. it just feels and uh, small as the new big, but mm -hmm. you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Small is the new that. big, tiny yeah. micro moves. There's this practice that I've been doing, which is interesting to me because I know my inner voice that's abusive to me, you know, mm -hmm. that voice, right? Mm -hmm. So that you have the abusive voice. It's like, oh my God, you're a hot mess. You're this, you're that. Yeah. And then you have the part of you that is then abusive to that. Like, stop saying that to yourself. And it's mm -hmm. like, what the like this whole <laughs> thing. And I, I just, I feel like it's timely that we've met because I had recently just started to do something a little different as a practice. Mm. And it was, okay, I'm, when I hear that, I'm just going to see that as that's a gift to me. When I hear that voice that says that now I'm, I'm recognizing it there. Mm. And then what I'm going to do is I'm going to be like, um, uh, the parent, the loving parent to myself, like you're saying, be kind to yourself to then just say, saying something more true about myself, or maybe something more like, um, like actually creating something that's different. Like, no. So when I hear like you're a hot mess, what I say mm -hmm. is, you know, I am organized and deliberate. Mm. I'm punctual and mm -hmm. I am deliberate in my, in where I go. And every day I'm getting better and better. And not in like that canned affirmations way, like yeah. more of like a, I'm commanding the direction of my day and I'm yeah. going to create something that I love instead of reacting to this thought. That's but, right. Yeah. And I'm just thinking sort of the automatic nature of some of those thoughts, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like the automatic, oh, you're a hot mess. You're not even sort of basing it on anything. It just goes right to that necessarily. I mean, sometimes there might be reasons why that's what comes up. But I love sort of searching for and looking for just evidence to the contrary. So, yeah.
Yeah. And also like thinking if, you know, when we hear that we're so conditioned to like, there's a certain standard of the way that we're supposed to be. And like, Mm -hmm. so like, if I say, oh, you're a hot mess, like I love what you were saying before. Like the question is you saying, be curious. So like Allison, but what, like to me, I would ask the question, like, what are you afraid of? Cause that's like, almost like feeling like there's an audience watching me, Mm -hmm. you know, judging Mm -hmm. me like, oh, you're a hot mess. And that like self-deprecating humor that I'll tell you right now, I'm working on not doing that. Ah. I am so, I'm classic for that. Yeah. I'll be, I'll say it to you. I'll be like, oh my God, I just showed up. I'll just make shit up. I'll yeah. act like I'm a mess, even though I'm not a mess. Yeah. I make you feel comfortable. Yes. I want you to feel like I'm screwy so that you feel comfortable because I don't want you to feel uncomfortable. Like mm-hmm. what is that? Right. But that is a beautiful example of the getting curious, looking at the layers, looking at your own, whatever it is, right? We've all got our own. So as you were talking about that, I was thinking about the thing I'm working on right now, right? And so we're not immune. We're doing our own work always. And so my thing is, as I'm sort of my career is growing in this new direction, because I've been building this new business for about a year, almost a year now. And I caught myself getting um, sort of, I'm never doing enough and I'm moving too slow. And what's the matter with you? Like, go, go, go. You're never going to reach your goals if you don't hurry up. And so I've been challenging that and saying, what the hell, where's that from? And peeling away some of those layers, being reminded of some of the productivity focus in my home growing up and certainly in our culture. And we certainly celebrate workaholism and things like that. And I'm not having it anymore. And so when I catch myself going into that place, which I still do most days where I'm feeling like, oh, hurry up, hurry up. You've got a lot to do. I come back into my body. I take some deep breaths. I remind myself that that's an old narrative. I'm not letting that guide me anymore. And I'm allowing myself to honor my pace, whatever that is, and to trust that I'm on a journey. And it's a practice and it takes effort. It, it doesn't happen without me coming, coming back to it again and again, but it's shifting something in me and allowing me to stay at a more peaceful place more consistently because I'm not staying engaged in that the way I was. It's such a, that's such a plague, I think, for people, you know, um, I want to say women, maybe because I'm a woman, but I feel like, you know, we're so conditioned to wherever I am, I should be somewhere else. So if I'm washing Mm -hmm. the dishes, I should be doing that. You know, it's like, so it's like, it's like this stress, you know, stress is fear. So what am I afraid of? Mm-hmm. One of the things that I've done that I'm, that I do is that I, I try to have like, um, like three to five most important tasks. And then after those are done, like I'm free. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I know what I'm going to do. That's going to move the needle for where yeah. I want to go in my life. And not everything's maintenance because there's maintenance everywhere. Isn't there? Mm-hmm. Like we got to do the dishes. We got to do the laundry. I'm like, no, I'm going to do this thing because this is the thing that's going to create more advancement. And then it's like, almost like, I feel like it like calms me because I feel like almost like I'm, I'm parenting myself. Like, no, it's okay. You're going to stay with this thing now. Yeah. Like, like helping myself to not be so scared. Yeah. Like to keep reassuring yourself and Mm -hmm. to kind of, I I like what you're saying too. kind of have a bit of a plan. So you know, what kind of structure is going to support what you want. So you're not only mood dependent in that moment, you're sort of knowing what structure works for you and honoring that. And that can change it any, like, it's okay to change that too, but to figure out, well, what does work for me? How do I actually do well with follow through in the ways that I've identified? I want some of these things. So I think all those different layers, get curious about yourself, but also what works well for me. Yeah. And I read that in your, you know, on your website, one of the things you were talking about is asking yourself, you know, what do I want? What don't I want? And really like running your life through that. And I would love to hear what you have to say about that too. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think that people feel, um, 
so caught up in life, I think I was saying it earlier, that they are not necessarily making decisions about that. And if you allow yourself to get really clear, and it's a process, it's not like, oh, I asked myself one time, what do I want and what I don't want, but to really start to get clear about that. I have a little um, seven-minute master class about just a three-question inquiry but I, the way I suggest people do it is as a daily practice, number one. And number two, to use our days in real time as a jumping off point, because it can feel like such a big question to say, well, what do I want? I don't know. What do I want? But if you think, all right, but how about today? How was everything today? Is there anything you want more of? Is there anything you want less of? And kind of keep checking in about How's it going so far? What are some of the things that you really want to keep going with? What are some of the things you really don't in real time as you're living your life? And it can start to get more and more clear as you develop that practice of checking in. And for some of us, we are kind of missing some connections to some of the things that maybe bring us some joy. I know for me, I started to recognize that I tend towards being a bit serious and that maybe I'm not allowing as much fun as would really give me a fuller life experience. And so recognizing that is huge. And then looking at, well, what is fun for me? I don't even know what's fun for me. And so getting curious with that. And so like each time you get a little bit further down sort of the inquiry path, just starting to identify at least some questions, even if you're not yet getting the answers, but going to the next thing and starting to get clear, okay, I'm working on this for now. I'm working on fun for now. And you can pause at some of those places and give yourself some time to start to connect to it, see what resonates. You know, the the thing that you were saying, um, you were saying something earlier, pre-recording about that, um, about the energy that when you, you know, when you describe focusing on fun, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like, you know, wherever we focus, you know, Mm -hmm. that's where energy is flowing, right? And it's what's measured is what grows, you know, that improves. And I just, one of the big things for me, like almost like a crazy, weird passion, it's it's definitely has to be my calling because it's a little off. Like, I don't want to say it's off. It's self-deprecating. It's just, yeah, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like more just like, I just feel like I want to scream like everywhere, like that we have to wake up and not be living by the standards of the norm, you know, mm-hmm. and find like our greatness. Who are we really? And like, because we've been so pushed into this mediocrity and just following what everyone else is doing because mm-hmm. we're afraid. We don't want to yeah. be different. Mm-hmm. And that's our spark. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's so, I love that you're saying that because the whole having more fun piece, part of what I started to recognize is, so as I mentioned in my story, I used to be a graphic designer, but when I became a therapist, I would use creativity in terms of my therapy and coaching work that I did. But in terms of visual arts, something that I was very connected to, I really stopped doing that. And so as I am coming back to exploring what's fun for me, I I haven't started yet, but I set something up where I'm going to be doing some silversmithing. A long time ago, I used to make some jewelry and I I even set up a little room in my house where I could do some, um, gosh, I don't even remember what you're soldering, what you do some soldering Mm, with some silver. And I haven't done it since my kids were born and they're, my oldest is uh, 25 now. So been a long time since I've done that. So just coming back to that kind of creative, visual, creative arts is really speaking to me. And I think that that's the thing about like, I don't know, it's it's part and, and I want to sort of bring it into my work in some way and stay tuned. I'll tell you more about that another time. But like, 
I just love connecting to something that just is me. It's not necessarily the norm for a therapist to connect to silversmithing, but I love it. I love that too, you know, and it's, it's so much like, I feel like we, um, I know I was relating to what you were saying about being in a rush, you know, because I think that as humans were growing, right. And we have that spark and we're always wanting to grow, but it gets like kind of morphed into this urgency, like mm-hmm. this fear urgency thing, which I know that happens to me. Like I'm not doing enough. I have to get all of this done before I die. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Just like this thought. And it, haven't we found, I, I know you found it, it, that the white space, the moments in between, that's where power is, the yeah. backdrop. That is the catapult. Yeah. Yeah. You it's know? so important. And I think that people don't understand how necessary it is. It's not even, oh, isn't that a nice thing? Give yourself a little downtime. You deserve a bit of a break. It's not even that. It's like you want a full life. You need to sort of catch your breath, get quiet, connect to yourself, come back into your body, whatever that means, you know, and give yourself that to really- I feel like we're doing so much when we do that. Even though we're doing nothing like, and I love that you said, no, it's not that just like go take a bath or take a break. It's because in that way, it's still like this act, Mm -hmm. you know, it's almost like settling into allowing ourselves to be, be. That's right. That's right. Alive. And I'm thinking all the judgment that can go connected to that, right? Like, oh, like a bath would be legit, but just sitting here staring off into space wouldn't be somehow. And yeah, I think we do start to, even with downtime, quiet time, all of that, get judgmental about what we choose and how it should be. Yoga is on the approved list, but spacing out is not. Yeah. <laughs> on my list, it is. Tanya. <laughs> yeah. Spacing out is on my list. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, this, this like resonating with yourself and allowing yourself to be I, that kind of sense of urgency. I think I've had my entire life until more recently where, because it's almost like, I'm going to miss out. I'm not going to get to the buffet table. I'm not going to, somehow I'm going to lose. Mm-hmm. Somehow I, I won't be loved or, you know, all these different things. One of the, th- I just was going to connect to another thing you said, because I just don't want to forget it. Cause I think mm-hmm. it's super important. We're two therapists sitting here. I think we're being really open and talking about just the reality of being a human being. Mm-hmm. And I had this like experience that was just profound for me was um because just being being a therapist for so long, like 30 years, all this time and just talking to people. And I noticed people putting me on a pedestal mm. like, you know, this one thing that stood out was this one woman said, but I'm not you, Allison. And I just felt it, you know, that pivotal moment. I mm. thought, you know what? And I've always been very real. You know, I don't see clients anymore. I just like run the counseling centers, but mm-hmm. I, it really hit me. And I, I was in, um, I was at Mohonk Mountain House and I was getting mm-hmm. a massage. I was writing my book and, um, I, I'm, I, I know I had a visit from a divine something. And it was mm-hmm. basically like, you've hidden your talent for far too long, Allison, and your real talent lies in all that you've overcome. It doesn't lie in your eight years of college. It doesn't lie in, you know, there's not, you know, all the years of experience. It lies in every struggle you have wrestled through and gotten over. That's your education. And and to me, that vulnerability is where people get better. So I just shared all the stuff like about, you know, having an eating disorder or whatever and doing, Mm -hmm. doing, you know, I, Whatever. I mean, you know, my husband died by suicide is absolutely the most tragic thing, tragedy of my entire life. I'm a therapist. This happened. Like, how did I miss it? You know? And like, but that there is like getting in touch with those parts of you that you don't want anybody to see because you don't want to cry. You don't Mm -hmm. want to feel it. Mm -hmm. To me, there is nothing more beautifully shared. Like nothing. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. I mean, I have goosebumps about this conversation so that she shared her view of you and you really let her see inside, which is amazing to be able to show up that way and to honor that and to know that that's where the magic is, to know that it's not about the education. It's not about sort of putting yourself into this professional mode. It's really about coming back to your heart and being genuine and that you kept showing up with all that difficult stuff that showing up is so important. You know, that's what, you know, when, um, you know, I looked at your stuff and was, you know, thinking about you being on the show, that's what I saw your genuine nature, like mm. that you're a real person. I'm sure you have experienced as a therapist, the, uh, what other therapists can be like very closed mm-hmm. off, very clinical, you know, and it, you almost feel like it feels judgmental. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah. I'm so like, hard and I don't mean hard on them in a mean way I'm just so with the therapists that work for me I'm just like no like we are human to human Mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. if there's ever judgment like they're they can't work here (laughs) you know what I mean yeah 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 and it's just like I mean we're just sharing space with someone who's learning about themselves yeah, right. that's right and we're learning about ourselves and to to be (laughs) I always feel like what an honor it is to be on those journeys, you know? And so, yeah, I think I love that. I think I did read on your website uh, something about, you said something about it somewhere now, I can't remember where, but just about people sort of showing up in their authentic, real, like people are encouraged to just, I I forget where I read it, it on your website, but something about that. But I love that. And I love that you value that and that you teach that to the people that, um, you know, work in your agency. Yeah. We want to change the face of mental health being like this big divide between us Mm -hmm. and them. Like you're coming to an expert. No, I'm hopefully an expert question asker so that I can help you. That's right. Ask yourself whatever it is you need to know, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also uh, an expert, I'm on my journey too. I get it. I'm with you. I understand what that feels like. I understand some of the pain that comes up. It can be such a painful process and, and beautiful. And, you know, there's a lot of layers to it, but I think to really get it and feel safe because you know the other person gets it is big. Isn't that everything? I feel like to understand someone is to love them and to be understood is to be loved. Like it's like, I feel to me anyhow, like Mm -hmm. it just means so much to me to Mm -hmm. be understood and not judged. Yeah. 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 You know, and just because I mean, we do enough of that on our own, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think when we feel understood and not judged, then we feel safer to show up. And when we show up as our true selves, as opposed to sort of the representative, then we can let it in. Because if it's our representative that's showing up, then we're not even really there. Mm -hmm. What in your heart would you share with a person today who's just out there struggling, who just has let's say a low self-esteem, which most, most people do, Mm. doesn't feel enough and is kind of wanting to find their happiness or the wholeness on the outside of them, Mm. which, you know, that's also that dating struggle thing, right? What would you say to them? I'm sure it would be very wise. (laughs) Yeah, I no mean, pressure. I guess that right. I think that the <laughs> Hurry first I'm just kidding. thought <laughs> that comes to my mind, and, and this is the way I always talk about group, is you are so not alone. So first that, to know that you're not alone. And then two, going back to some of that getting curious, if you could start to get to know yourself and what you want to need, what would some of the things be that come up for you? What does that mean to get to know yourself? And if it's somebody who's in the habit of looking externally for validation and and to sort of 
have things that they're hoping that can help fulfill them without being able to look inside, that stuff's not going to do it for you. And then you're going to have this insatiable experience of looking more and more and more. And if you can trust that the, um, the answer, <laughs> the magic is inside and start that journey. That's, that's what I would recommend to anybody is just to start to check in with yourself, notice yourself, notice what comes up for you without the judgment, but just to really learn and get to know yourself. What brings you peace? What brings you joy? What feels triggering? What do you remember experiencing growing up that didn't feel safe? Because whatever wasn't safe for us growing up, and I don't necessarily mean in the big meaning of not safe, sometimes it's just you're going to get a negative response from a parent. It's not even necessarily some of the trauma that, you know, is there as well, but anything that wasn't received well we can learn, oh, that's not good. That's not safe. Let me change that. And then we don't necessarily learn how we would go about something because then we've changed that. So to redo that, like mm -hmm. how can we come back to some of that stuff that maybe we haven't connected to in a long time? So kind of a long process and practice. And we've talked about it some, so it's not necessarily a more succinct answer, but really to stay curious and keep getting to know yourself and know you're not alone. You know, it. Um, when you're saying this, it's reminding me of this, you know, this analogy I use all the time. I don't know. I might've already said it on this podcast. I don't remember, but like Dorothy you know, with her ruby red mm -hmm. slippers, I always go back to that. And it's this, it's the concept that, that um, we've had, you know, I feel like Glinda, you know, you've had it within you all along. Mm -hmm. And I remember being younger, and people saying to me, you're not going to find your happiness out there with this, or with that, or whatever. And I'm, I'm sure you relate. And, and I remember thinking, bullshit, I'm finding it and mm. you're not going to stop me because I don't think that what's inside of me is good enough to make that happen. And I, I swear when I think about that, I'm like, all these years later, I'm like, damn, that's true. You know, it's so true yeah, that yeah. we're always searching outside mm -hmm. for this, this, this thing that is going to bring it, you know, this yeah. external locus of control, right? Somehow yeah. that's going to make it right. Mm -hmm. And I just, I just, anybody who's listening, it doesn't mean that you can't, I think I needed to hear, it doesn't mean that you can't have those wonderful things because you have your wonderful husband, you yeah. have a wonderful experience. Yeah. I when yeah. you were saying that, I was just thinking, like, if we can use the story that I shared initially, I was looking for a partner because I thought I would feel more fulfilled by having a partner in my life. And what the journey ended up being was first connecting to myself and having that experience, which still brought in a partner but in a very different way, it was no longer that the partner was going to be the one that was going to necessarily fill me up. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm happy to have um, a husband that we've had created this beautiful life together. I mean, all that's lovely, but it had to be me connecting to myself first for it to not be this it, like I was talking earlier about that insatiable thing, if I was looking to him to fill me up, then it wasn't going to, I would always need it again and again and again mm -hmm. from him. So, yeah. So in the end, it's still, I have a partner, but it went from me connecting to myself first. Yeah. You created it from, from the inside out as opposed to the other yeah. way. And, you know, and I, I, you know, I would throw out there, who knows if I'm right, but I think that if you continued to be empty, you may have drawn to you someone who would continue to support the emptiness, even mm -hmm. if they were fulfilling it, you know, like in one way or another, I feel like we attract what we've, what, 
to the degree that we feel worthy. Yeah. You know, yeah. and um, so much of the results of our lives has to do with, you know, what we believe mm-hmm. <laughs> the results yeah. can be, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I really cannot stand. I feel like you're my best friend now. Oh, um, so <laughs> like my fast friend, I don't even know where you are. Where are you? I'm in New York. You're in New York, right? You're yes, in the city. You're in New York. I'm in Upper Westchester in uh, Cortland Manor. I'm skipping a jump. Yeah. Tanya. <laughs> yes. I'm on Long Island. So I love that. That's uh, so uh, cool. Yeah. Why so, do I think you were in the city? Uh, yeah. Yeah, no, I'm not. So So let me, so where can people find you and what, you know, how can they have your services and all of that? Yeah. So my website is my name, Tanya, T-A-N-Y-A, Cole, C-O-L-E hyphen Lesnick, L-E-S-N-I-C-K. However, because it's such a tricky name to remember, you can also find me, um, Say it brings you to the same website. Um, Clear Energetic Clutter will bring you to my website. And on there, I mentioned that seven minute masterclass. It's free. So that's available. And it's really just offering a practice to people who want to start learning more about themselves. And I talk a little bit about the best way to use that practice. So that's available the documentary that we talked about is on my website. And if anybody's interested in group, I actually have a free discovery session that they can schedule and and I can tell them more about my groups. I might do it. Yeah. (laughs) I want to go in your group. That would be amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, people, I want you to go in Tanya's group. I mean, you're going to see, you're going to get an amazing experience. Is it virtual? It is. It's all virtual. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like, do you have a lot, like what happens? Like, do you have male, female, like what's in your group? So right now I have, um, an all women's group and I'm just building a new one. That's all genders. That's, Mm -hmm. um, and that one's starting probably the end of January. We're still talking about timing. The groups that I experienced were men and women. And I got so much out of that, Yes, but I tend to do a lot of women's groups, but I, I would like to expand that and grow that. So, so right now I have both and I have them, um, it, it's actually shifting a little bit. I'm offering a program that includes six months of groups every other week, and then three individuals, because I think the combination can yes. be really helpful so Definitely. that you can process some of what you want and what's coming up for you and make some decisions about what you want to bring back to the group. Because sometimes you don't feel ready to talk about some of the things that come up for you with everybody yet. And yes. having a chance to process it separately can be really helpful for that process. Um So, and I, uh, right now, the way I structure it is I'll offer a topic for each session, but I give it to everybody the week prior so they can spend a week really thinking about, Hmm, how does that show up for me? So it could be something like energy, what depletes you, what fills you up, that kind of thing where people Mm -hmm. really pay attention to that. And we just kind of also talk with each other about what resonates when you hear the other group participants talk, what's resonating. If there was anything that was triggering, we want to see that as well and talk about that as well. And um, yeah, and we celebrate each other. I was thinking when you talked earlier about small being the new big, we always will say like, if somebody is taking a step and sometimes they might think it's a small step as a group, we're always like, no, that is huge. And we really can see what uh, how meaningful it is as movement starts to happen. So is there any age range or it's just open? Um, sorry. That's okay. Um, it's really 30s to uh I would say 30s to 60-ish, something like mm-hmm. that. And the reason why I don't limit it to any particular, like, for example, somebody might be going through a divorce where somebody else might be in the middle of a career change or just feeling kind of blah and more neutral and want more excitement in their lives. 
Um, so even though the situations might be all different, they're really connecting at such a human level that it doesn't really matter. And having different ages in there actually can be really part of the work. That's amazing because sometimes people are reminded of their kids. Sometimes people are reminded of their parents and that kind of thing. And group can be a really great way to start practicing um, or, or checking in with what's coming up related to who in group reminds you of whom. So I love that. Yeah. yeah, that's so cool. So basically, yeah. if they want, if they want to do it, they'd go on to, we're going to put all of this in the okay. session notes yeah, anyhow, awesome. like it's all mm-hmm. going to be there. But I just wanted to, you know, make sure that, you know, I ask questions or whatever, because I think you're fantastic. You know, Thank I you. totally like endorse what you're doing. I think you probably would help so many people. And I would just love anybody who's listening, like, you know, go for it for sure. Thank you. And um, yeah, so I'm just so grateful. Thank you so much for being here. It's just Thank really you. been such a pleasure to, to, to meet you, to get to know you and just all of it. Oh, so, you as thank well. You. Thank yes. you. You're a love bug. Oh, you too. <laughs> All right. It's a wrap. Guys, thank you so much for listening to the show. I just want to say to you that we are all together a part of the mission, Mission Awake, a mission that's going to stop the mediocrity that's plaguing all of us. So if you got something here today, I ask that you would be a part of this mission and you'd share it with whoever you can. Take a screenshot of the show and share it on your Instagram. If you are looking for me, you can find me on social media platform, Instagram, Allison Answers or Logger Counseling Services. And give us a, a review and subscribe, if you could, to YouTube. Allison Answers. That's where you're going to get a lot of content. I drop stuff every day, goofy stuff, all different kinds of stuff. Five-minute videos that just get you moving in your day. Have a great week. See you next time.